1: Draft day, draft eve for Broncos country. But hey, the draft's here. We're going to find out a lot of stuff. We're going to see who's available uh, day two. I, it's uh, Broncos for breakfast Thursday morning. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good morning to you. How are you doing? What's new? What's shaking? Are you ready for the Falcons tonight to uh, trade up and take B. John Robinson?
2: <laughs> absolutely. I'm number one overall. Best player in the draft. You absolutely trade up to the top three to make sure you get the guy you want. So if they want Bijan Robinson at running back, trade up, man. Next year, who needs to-
1: them picks, yeah. I mean, heck, maybe even trade a trade Desmond Ritter, just full running back offense. Tyler Algier, Bijan in the backfield will be fun. One, I'm sure one of those guys has played some quarterback in the past, some option. We'll uh, Ooh. we'll go full bone. I got it. You draft Bijan and then you take Roshan Johnson because he was a quarterback as well, and then you run the split backfield. There you uh, go. But you to, got
2: it. You figured it out.
1: Figured it out. We have third eye is open. Well, guys, enough of teasing around here. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit of Broncos today. I wrote an article. I know we talked about this kind of recently, but I actually just recently yesterday published an article about my top trade-up candidates there's a lot of guys obviously but i want to talk about four specifically for the broncos that i think make a lot of sense there's some buzz about them we'll see if they're even close to being in range probably because i wrote about them like oh i like these guys they stand out a little bit well then they go like you know picks 20 they're 40 and they're never even a chance uh but uh what's new scott are you excited for tonight are you I, we're gonna be on scott here, i'll give you the pitch what's going on tonight for us
2: Yeah, so um, welcome to Broncos for Breakfast. Thank you, everybody, for being here this morning. Um, Hit the like on Facebook as it's starting to open up. That opens it up for more people. I only see two so far. I I see you in there watching. Um, So make sure you're hitting that like. But Nick and I will be here for the next hour. We're going to run through some final mock drafts before the first round starts. And then tonight, Nick and I will be on my channel, which is YouTube.com slash Scott Kennedy, to talk the top ten. Going and then and then Nick will come over to uh to Mile High Huddle. That said, this channel will be live also during the draft. But since the Broncos don't have a pick, Nick and I are gonna go over and talk everybody else at the same time. So you've got your choice uh where you can listen to us talk everybody else, or I think Eric is going to be hosting and maybe maybe Chad and Zach to get started tonight. I'm not sure, but there will be your choice of Mile High Huddle or me and Nick for the for the draft tonight at eight o'clock Eastern.
1: Yeah. So it'll be fun. I'm really excited to see how it all plays out. This is probably one of the more erratic uh, unknown drafts for a bit. I mean, so many scenarios with those top picks, a lot of intrigue with the quarterbacks, what happens with uh, obviously Jalen Carter. It's going to be a lot of fun. How do those cornerbacks shake out in this class? When did the wide receiver run start? When does the tackle run start? I'm sure Broncos country is still curious about that. We're going to see any, how many running backs in the first round, centers. I mean, God, just so much intrigue here for the draft, even though the Broncos do not have a first pick stuff that's going to matter to them and Ernie Mays, cover your ears, cover your eyes, uh, see no evil, speak no evil, right? But uh, we're going to also run a mock draft as not only the Broncos today, but we're going to do a first round mock as the AFC West rivals, just kind of see how the board is here talk about how these teams make some sense as well. Um, But first we got our guy coming in with, I'm sure with the like first, but also the stars, uh, Michael Ronchio, the superstar good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast go Broncos and Buckham Buck you too, Michael. We always appreciate you. Hope you're doing well out there in Tucson. We'll see. I mean, God, one of the most interesting teams in the draft this year is out there in Arizona, in the Cardinals. No way in hell they stay at three. I know that Kyler says, he wants Paris Johnson Jr.? I don't give a hoot what Kyler wants. Maybe watch some of your own tape rather than telling me to draft an offensive tackle. Granted, if they'd have listened to him a couple drafts ago, they'd have taken Tristan Wirfs, and that would look pretty good. Uh, but I
0: digress.
2: Yeah, and he's got what's interesting is Daniel Jeremiah's got the Texans trading up to get two and three and then Arizona comes back down and still gets Paris Johnson Jr. with the Houston Texans original pick. So you asked me beginning of my looking forward to this. Absolutely. This is Mm -hmm. as intriguing a draft as I can remember. You know, I feel like the hyperbole is thick. But in 2021, we said this is one of the better top tens that we've seen in a long time. It was. It was one of those drafts where the guys that have, that were taken in the position players have pretty much all been hits. You know, when you look back and you say, "Okay, we got Micah Parsons and Pat Sertan and Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle." Believe all those guys were in that draft. Um, Penny Sewell, you know, all top 15 type of guys. You're like, yeah, that was that was fun. Those were okay. good players. Yeah. This one, the intrigue is more, who are they going to take? I don't know if you've got the same impact of player in the top 10 to 12, which has led to some intrigue with some questions of players that have just phenomenal ability, but have question marks. Everybody's got a red flag next to them. I feel like it's kind of like recruiting junior college players this year. I always said, everybody is at a junior college. Every junior college player has a red flag. What is it? Um, and and can you live with it? That's how it is like recruiting junior colleges. Everybody has a red flag. I feel like that this year. Everybody. Even if it's Bijan Robinson, he's a running back. That's his red flag. Sorry, you mm-hmm. play the wrong position. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young, you're you're short, you're small. Um, mm-hmm. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. You, you you know, if you're a good hitter, why didn't you hit good? You know, they they just they didn't have the NFL type of production and accuracy that you'd like to see for. A top 10 quarterback. Jalen Carter, we know Will Anderson. He's he's light. He's small. Tyree Wilson. He hasn't been overly productive and you know has maybe a foot injury scare.
1: All good things, man. Yes, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it will be great. We got David uh Jokin coming in here saying morning, Broncos country. Does anyone think we trade a wide receiver or true uh, two to move up in the first and second round? And Albert Knopper says, Do you think Judy or Sutton are getting traded? I think that the trades are still very much on the table for the Broncos. I'd probably put it at 15% chance of it actually happening, but Broncos are looking to make some deals and add some picks and give themselves some maneuverability in the draft, move up, get more picks, you know, round uh, four through seven as well. So we'll see. I the Broncos are, I would put the over under at Broncos players traded at one and a half and I might take the under on that, but I, I would be shocked if there was zero players traded throughout the course of the draft.
2: Sean. Yeah. The answer for me on this one, Nick put a percentage on it to hedge him. My, my thought was, do you think it'll happen? I think no. I just, I don't think so. I think if they were going to be traded, they already would have. But that said, you work on those deals for months and as the draft start, you're, and you're doing it for draft picks. So as the draft comes along, people start getting a little more antsy. It's deadline day now. It's it's deadline day. That's yeah. when deals get done. So my 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 gut feeling
1: is no, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the Denver Broncos. It would but be, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. And the one you want to watch out for here is Jackson Smith and Jigba. There's a lot of teams in that like 13 to 20 range that have been linked to wide receivers, specifically Jackson Smith and Jigba. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think his skill set translates pretty similarly to Jerry Judy. And if you like Jackson Smith and Jigba, maybe you want to trade around two round two picks or a two and a three this year uh, for somebody like Jerry Judy. Um, there's not a lot of X receivers in this draft. Maybe somebody misses out on Mingo slash Cedric Tillman. Uh, round two and they're like oh my god we really need an X for this offense to function maybe you give the Broncos a 3 and a 5 uh, for Cortland Sutton so it'll be interesting to see what happens I think another domino that we're waiting on is DeAndre Hopkins there's been a lot of movement on that over the last 48 hours at least a lot of buzz not movement yet Uh, but once that one happens then maybe the floodgates open for these uh, veteran wide receiver trades but interesting man now, The Bron- Broncos aren't drafting today probably Uh, but things can change and it'll be a lot of stuff that will happen today. will have a big impact on what does happen to the Broncos. Gary Palmer having a big impact on us today, knocking us out of the park with a 1999 super. Thank you so much. Notorious GLP says, good morning, Nick and Scott excited for the draft. Bijan or Jalen Broncos fans would love that dilemma. Go Broncos. If the Broncos were fifth overall, I'd probably be pounding the table for a quarterback there because, and you probably guys are probably be annoyed. I have no issue taking the risk on, athletic freaks if they have the upside. So I'd probably want Anthony Richardson there because I want a demigod quarterback out there to compete with the Mahomeses and the uh, uh, Josh Allen's of the world. But if not, then we'd be talking, you know, Carter Anderson, uh, Tyree Wilson, which would be a lot of fun as well.
2: Yeah. If you were sitting at five, who would be your, your best pick? Who would you want?
1: Uh, probably Anthony Richardson, because we probably wouldn't, and look, we probably wouldn't have a quarterback. If, if that was the case, we wouldn't have, if we had five, It means we didn't trade for Russell Wilson. Maybe it's another year of drew lock or something. Right. So,
2: well, and you might do that anyway.
1: Yeah. You might exactly. take a
2: quarterback anyway,
1: even if, it, yep. if you did have Russell Wilson. Especially if
2: something... was just last year's number one, and you were on the clock this year. Yep. Um, are you taking a quarterback
1: right now? And we know how much uh, Sean Payton loved uh, Taysom Hill. Well, why not have a super athletic, super size, better arm talent, better perceived upside passer, um, Anthony Richardson, who apparently scored really well. And I've also heard that uh, Anthony Richardson's interview with the Carolina Panthers gave them pause because he was that impressive uh, to them. Now, that could be back-end agent talk. Who knows? Um, but uh, I probably would be saying Anthony Richardson, because I have a type, and I know what I like. <laughs>
2: you know, I think that makes sense. Um, that yeah. ma- and if you're going to give him to anybody, Sean Payton is a good place to go You mm-hmm. know, for a developmental quarterback. And, and I, for the same reason, I think it makes a, at least with a smaller track record, It makes sense for the Colts with Shane Steichen. Yes. Shane Steichen has had some success with young quarterbacks, old quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, immobile quarterbacks, and he has been a good quarterback coach.
1: And I was listening to the athletic football show. They do a lot of good work out there. Shout out to the athletic. And uh, I think it was Robert Mays mentioned that in the last decade, there's been a change in consensus um, from NFL teams that, uh, that used to be the old cliche that quarterbacks accuracy can't improve. Actually, a lot of teams have changed their opinion that accuracy can be improved um, over time with mechanics and everything and just fitting the scheme to them a little bit better. The one thing they say that cannot be improved is, well, arm strength is one, but more of a, not an intangible, but something that's similar to accuracy is your ability to process information and play within the pocket, understanding the space in the pocket. And that's one of the things where like you see the, they're contextualizing it around CJ Stroud and that S2 test, the processing, it's not as much the reading the field it's reading where the space is around you while reading the field and being able to manipulate that pocket, which is something that he didn't have to do too much at Ohio State with that uh, the type of weapons he had. So
2: in, in soccer, they call it taking pictures. Hmm. So it's hmm. uh, it's like as soon I'm, I'm a midfielder and I'm surrounded by you know 20 players. As soon as the ball arrives, you know you're watching the ball. You know you you yep. kind of got an idea, and they say you've got a you you've already taken the picture of everything around you. You already know the best players already know what their next five moves could possibly be because they've already taken the picture in their head. Yeah. Um. So that, that makes sense.
1: Um. And just real quick to put a bow on it. I think Anthony Richardson has really good actually within the pocket, like understanding the movement He's not one of those guys who just because he's an athlete gets sacked constantly. He had a really good pressure to sack rate, which you don't see from a scrambling quarterback. So I like Richardson. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Jeremy Sean, morning. Good, yep, to see good you, morning. Good
2: morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Appreciate you being here as well and joining us uh, on both shows this morning. Keith asked, Do you think we draft a position that surprises most Broncos fans? What position would surprise you?
1: Quarterback? Quarterback would be one of I that's mean, if somewhat... we're
2: talking with the two with the two first, with the two thirds. Oh. So coming off the board, not later on, no position surprises you in the seventh. But with the two thirds, what position would could possibly surprise you other than quarterback?
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Maybe offensive tackle? Given... Knowing that I
2: could maybe play him inside.
1: Yeah, if it's an offensive tackle who's flip who can flip, then that's a different
2: yeah, conversation. you know, I could say he's an OL or he's my third guy. If, if I can get yeah. a third offensive tackle in the third round, yeah, who could who could step up and develop it? But Keith, there isn't a position other than quarterback that would surprise me in the third. Long and even then, if Hennon Hooker's there and you took Penn and Hooker, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, no, you need everything. Yeah, there's not one that would, especially when you're picking that late. And the Broncos did a decent enough job with their starters going into next season. Um, you feel comfortable with your starting 22, uh, but you have right now what you had to considering where you pick, but would be interesting. Kick- like
2: kicker. I don't consider specialist football players.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare you? Long snappers have feelings. Um, <laughs>
2: I don't, When but when it comes to team building and stuff like that with draft picks, I don't, I don't, I don't even consider kickers and punters. They don't even cross my mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, that. Not round three Uh, Bama X. Good morning to you, Bama X. DWI guys. Good morning, gents. Hey, got a guy to pop in. Ethan's here. He's got a guy who he wants in the draft. We'll get to it. Good morning from Jamal Killings. Good to see you. Jamal has a relatively new picture there. Hope you're doing well, Jamal. Kevin Gray. Morning Broncos country. Nick Scott in Broncos country. Salute. It's here. It's here. It's finally the draft. Jason Walton coming in. Good morning, guys. Can Roger Goodell walk up to the podium and announce Sean Payton as our first round pick tonight? I love that Sean Payton's like, no, we're preparing like we have a pick here. We're not going to sit there and watch Russell Wilson highlights or anything. Um, this is business. This is work. Um, so just wait a easily. minute. That was because last year they said, what are you going to do? So we're going to sit back and watch Russell Wilson highlights. Yeah.
2: They said that last year. Oh, man. I told you he's a jerk.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's he's leaning That's into hilarious.
2: It. But he's your jerk. He is an arrogant ass. Yeah, But he's your arrogant ass. And you love him for it. Love yep. him. That's. Oh, man. Shots fired. He's funny.
1: Yeah, he's a a quick one. Um, Ethan wants Jack Campbell. Um, That would be incredible. I bet you also are a big Drew Sanders fan as well. Jack would be amazing. Um, I don't understand how people don't love Jack Campbell. When you go through the profiles of the top linebackers in football right now, the ones who are the more classic, you know, second-level middle linebackers, I don't want to offend Scott here. Obviously, Micah Parsons is a different breed because he's like Von Miller who switched from Sam to Edge year two in the NFL. Micah Parsons is an edge rusher these days. Uh, but your second level linebackers, your best ones are like Darius uh, Le- Leonard. I think f- he changed his name. It used to be Shaquille Leonard. Um, then you also have Fred Warner out there. Dr- uh, Greenlaw it used to be Darius. Now it's Shaq. Excuse me. Okay. I <laughs> like, it wait a minute. Now you got me going. Levante David. I mean, all these guys, not incredible athletic testers, but like from the neck up, incredible players. Um, Would Brian so, Urlacher be an edge in today's game? He was big. He might've been tried there. Um, he was massive. He I mean, he played was safety for the Lobos. I, I, he,
2: my, my friend trained him and used to tell me stories about just about his workouts and stuff. And, you know, he, he says, I could, he's like, you could, you could put your hand right down in the middle of his back. Cause his, his lats were so big and developed that it was like a crease right down the middle of his back, how big that he was. So Brian Urlacher, I'm wondering, I mean, he was. Obviously he was big. He was 6'4", 260. Yes. He'd play edge. <laughs> he he's, play. he's an edge in today's game. Um let me see it. Combine numbers, combine measurements. He was he came in at 6'4", 258, 459 with a four one eight shuttle and a three nine four and a six nine four uh cone three cone drill. Somebody played why nocker's an edge in today's game He NFL. was Micah Parsons before Micah Parsons, he's bigger. It wouldn't quite with the same straight line speed, but Brian Erlacher is an edge in today's game.
1: That's crazy. I mean, you're probably right. Um, somebody just the value, right? You just mm-hmm. so much more value. If you can rush the passer. Um, it's, it was a conversation with Baron Browning coming out. Um, he could play linebacker, but that body type really compares to a lot of edge rushers. And guess what? There's way more valuable, more way more value than edge. I would even argue that your third edge rusher is more valuable than one of your two starting uh, second level stack off ball linebackers, but I digress. I don't want to, we got to move oh, on here. Dom, had 42 sacks yeah (laughs) burlacher did i mean he was a monster no doubt about it he's hall of fame for a reason but he he would have been edge probably dom good morning to you dom hope you're doing well got our guy greg smith good morning jp saying what time does the draft start today it's 5 p.m for me so it'd be 6 p.m mountain time i'm not sure exactly where you are but uh that's that's the time for me dominique martin morning nick scott broncos family is safety martin out of the question for us go broncos well dominique if you check out my mock draft that i posted a couple days ago my final one i kind of went with some guys who hadn't we hadn't talked about too much and i went ended up going with uh jartavius Quan martin out of illinois i think it was uh Jane, Dane Brugler recently mentioned that he's like this deep dark horse um, for a first round pick. Some teams might even have uh, Quan Martin as their first safety in the entire NFL draft. Uh, he can. Some people think he can play boundary corner. Some people think he's a better free safety. He can play slot. Uh, his profile really uh, matches somebody that I loved in 2022's draft in Dax Hill. Uh, not quite as fast as Dax Hill, but his jumps were incredible. Uh, His 10 yard split, I think was in like the 96 percentile, not overly massive, but a versatile coverage uh, player that we've seen. Honestly, we've seen Vance Joseph do pretty darn well with those kind of guys out there in uh, Arizona recently. So uh, I think that uh, Quan Martin is definitely a sneaky player for you. And because he has so many avenues to the field, somebody who can be really a a good weapon for you and is going to make an impact on your defense if the Broncos do take him.
2: Yeah, again, going back to, to uh Keith's question, I think it was I I don't think any player would surprise any position would surprise me. So you just have to wonder, would they be
1: available at sixty-seven? As you're knocking on the door at 70, is, is that player still have a chance to be there? Yeah. I like him. I, he's been going like mid to late third in most mocks. I think he's gonna end up going somewhere in like sixty. Um he's a really good player. And because he plays safety, it's devalued. You might have a chance to get him. Where if you play right, cornerback, which is,
2: sorry, sorry, which is a point I was I was making you know, yesterday was the, the position will move the player down. So you can get a very talented player at a non-premium position later on in the in the in the draft because their position has moved them down the board. So if I'm looking at a guard, if I'm looking at a safety, a running back, a tight end, I can get a higher talented player later on in the draft. So and, and we said at the very beginning, Nick, the weakness of this team going into the off season for me, the biggest weakness was right at the middle of the offensive line. The good news is, is centers and guards are cheap, relatively mm. speaking. Now you went out and spent a lot on a guard. That's okay. You didn't have to, in order to get better. You just said, you know what? We're going to go get the the top guy available. Fair period. Time. Yeah, gives you a chance now <clears throat> to get some depth in the draft and uh, at guard, and then maybe go out and get your
1: center too in the draft. Absolutely. Toyin coming in. Good to see you, Toyin, across the pond. Good morning to you. Mark Schrader's in the house. Marky Mark. Hope you're doing well, Mark. I hope everything's okay down there in Texas. We got Eric coming in here saying after this year we have all our picks. Not entirely. Uh, Broncos flipped their second for the Saints' third next season. Also, right now on paper, it looks like they have two fourths in 2024, but actually one of those fourths, I believe, will end up going to the Jets in the Jacob Martin trade. We just don't know which fourth it'll be. Uh, so they don't have all of their picks. It's not just a clean slate of one through seven, all Denver picks. Um, and I'm sure that they will have a lot of, there'll be picks from the 2024 class that are added, added and taken away um, in the Broncos as they kind of move around uh, in this draft. So it will be interesting to see what the uh, 2024 class stacks up as when uh, when or the draft picks stack up as draft capital, precious draft capital for 2024 um, after the conclusion of 2023. Keith also coming in, Keith Brugman, Killing it on Facebook. Make sure if you guys like Keith uh, drop the thumbs up. I'm sure Keith has dropped maybe even two thumbs up there saying fantastic sitting with everyone at this Broncos for breakfast table. Half happy draft day. Everyone happy draft day to you too. happy draft day to everybody. Happy draft day to Michaela. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. We got our guy Denver Luke coming in. Good morning. Always appreciate you coming in here and saying hello to us. We got, Oh, Rad high studio saying, I love you. I love you too. I have no idea what's going on there. Um, but uh, that's that, was okay. a congr- that was a y'all. So that was a plural. Y'all, we, y'all we y'all. love you. Yes, don't leave me out of this. I love you. You love me. Um, it's uh, everybody, love everybody, right? It's one of my favorite uh lines from the pineapple. What is it, tropical express, whatever the Will Ferrell movie with the um uh, the basketball players is. Peter Middleton, good to see you, Peter. Um, saying, let's go, Broncos. Looking forward to the draft, even if we're starting in the third, we'll see. Um, I think it's pretty good chance the Broncos are picking sometime in the second round. Uh, but really? uh, from what I've heard, they're going to be pretty. Aggressive and trying to move up a little bit. I think we talked about it weeks ago that you have 67 and 68 together. I think it's possible. You see 67 plus a day three pick or a 2024 pick to move up. And then you see 68 used to trade down. So then you're kind of sitting there the exact, you come out with the same draft capital in the end, but you just split those picks uh, to recoup. So, we'll see. That's been some, there's been some talk of that.
2: And Jesse had your back with semi pro. I'm like pineapple express was like the stoner movie. What are you talking about? Yes. Yeah. Basketball you're right. Basketball players. Yes. The, the, yep. the druggy basketball players was basketball diaries. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That was a, <laughs> I got fooled on that one. I would talk about wanting to see uh hoop dreams. I was like, Oh, I want to see hoop dreams, but it wasn't available. This is back in the days where you actually go to a store and rent movies. Yeah. And uh, it was one of my Wife's friends. Oh, you should see Basketball Diaries. Well, who Dreams is a documentary about two kids going through the process of being basketball players. Basketball Diaries was about heroin addicts. <laughs> I'm like, well, this wasn't exactly what I had in mind. Good movie, and and uh, Leo was phenomenal. I said, I'll never say that kid can't act again. I mean, this is going on thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got fooled on that one. So let's not mix up our our our, our uh, stoner. Druggy basketball movies here that yeah. happened to me
1: once they're all the same uh basketball diaries and hoop dreams c- couldn't be more different says uh jeremy jeremy's the you guys need to have a a movie podcast or something um yeah. Dan Wilkert, i wanted to see I mean, hoop dreams oh then you should see basketball diaries uh what <laughs> <laughs> uh asking about oh, I, I wanted up. to see dumb and dumber oh you'd love pulp fiction then Take your kids yeah, fun. Yeah. Take the kids. That'd be great. Although <laughs> um, Danny asking about uh, trading Alberto Cuevanom during the draft or they draft to tight end. Do they cut Alberto? It's very possible they cut Alberto Cuevanom. Um, he only has one year of cost control left. Uh, he's an interesting player, but I think they want to be a run oriented team. And guess what? Alberto does not do very good in the run blocking department. Uh, so if you do trade him, it's probably something like, guess what? We are Trading Alberto in a 2024 seven to have a 2023 seven. Like it's really like we have more valuable, more value today, and we're just kind of offloading the contract. So
2: here's here's my thought on Alberto. He wasn't well regarded coming out. You got him in the fifth round. Okay. So I don't want to say he's been underachieving because he was a fifth round pick. So you've got a fifth round pick that isn't really playing and isn't doing a whole lot. What are you going to get for him? so, not you know, well. he hasn't improved. You know, sometimes you can, if you've got him in the third or a second and, you know, it just didn't work. Or, you know, I can maybe spin him for a sixth and someone else is willing to give him a chance. You know, think Jeff Okuda. Mm-hmm. Jeff Akuta was a number three overall pick who was who was a bust in Detroit. Falcons sent a fifth round pick. That is a great fifth round pick. Albert O was a fifth round pick and hasn't really done anything. So I'm not going to call him a bust because he was a fifth round pick. But what are you going to, what are you going to get for him? How are you going to get A return on that when he hasn't done anything for you. So, Dana, I like your thought on the backside of this. I think he may be a cut, but I I just don't see you getting a a trade of value because why would you trade for him? Yeah, because again, it's not like anybody was in love with him three years ago and took him in the second round or the third round. You're you're hoping for somebody like that. There wasn't anybody. He got passed on by everybody five times before he got finally taken. Yeah, Fourth he round was here okay thank you yeah so
1: we'll see but really he wasn't forward. a high
2: pick that you're no. hoping he was a, a lower pick that's why i say i'm not gonna call him a bust i'm not gonna say he's underachieved because you don't have a whole lot of expectations for that guy coming out and he's lived could, up to them
1: it could be something too like uh, keith mentions you package alberto and a six round pick and you move up five spots <laughs> like yeah, somebody that's not trading him that's just that's dumping him it's, it is essentially dumping, but maybe there's somebody that you you, know, you get just to get a little bit more value. Squeeze that lemon just ever so much. Um, but we got Diamond Rattler saying, boom, let's go. Diamond Rattler with a new pick coming in. Uh, good to see you. We got Ashton Edwards, and I'm really hoping Denver trades up for a running back like uh, Jameer Gibbs. And guess what? It's time to talk about my article. I wrote four players the Broncos could trade up for, and my number one I mentioned was Jameer Gibbs. I wrote this article on Sunday, and since then there has been the value for two running backs take one and a half running backs taken than the over under in Vegas has gone way. It's way worse value. Like Vegas is telling you that two running backs are going to be taken in the first round. Guess what? That's the case. Broncos aren't trading up for Jameer Gibbs unless they trade Jerry Judy and get more value. Um, but uh, sorry. And I know Bam X doesn't want him for, I, I'm not sure exactly why, because he's a fun player. Uh, but uh, Jameer Gibbs, it sounds like the, the chiefs, the Bengals, uh some the bills, some of those teams in the back end of the first round that, are in their Super Bowl window are being heavily linked to Jameer. got another one, and that's where Daniel Jeremiah had him going. The Eagles, the Eagles. Yeah, that's an interesting
2: one as well. Yes. Yeah, the Eagles. Say, you know, I I keep trying. I think Jeremiah was like, I keep trying to get Bijan Robinson to the Eagles, but this is a pretty good consolation prize, and it makes sense. You know, I, I can use a a short term, and when we say luxury pick again, the running back has such a, a short shelf life. That it it is a luxury pick. It's like signing a guy. It's like signing a receiver that's 29 years old. You know, I'm I'm hoping to get one contract out of him before he's done. That's a little bit like taking a running back, except the opposite. They they age like Benjamin Button or something. There, there's got to be some sort of metaphor in there that makes sense. They're old. They're already old when they come into the league. You're just hoping to get three four years out of
1: them. Yeah. So I, I think Jameer Gibbs is probably the best fit of any player in this draft for what the Broncos are lacking and what they could use. Um, the Broncos keep looking. They just keep getting rumored to move one of these wide receivers. They have three wide receivers who should be playing this season. Well, maybe Sean Payton isn't such a fan of the multi-receiver game. I mean, we kind of saw him also in the Saints the last four or five seasons where, you know, he did use wide receivers, but he's the you know, Marquez Call- Callaway, Some of these other receivers, they were much more emphasis on the tight ends and the running backs uh, to be a impact target players in the past game. So using some of that wide receiver capital and targeting a running back like Gibbs, who is probably one of the better home run threats in the entire uh, NFL, or could be one of the better home run threats in the entire NFL. Uh, he is just an explosive play waiting to happen. He's not incredible between the tackles. He's not incredible at breaking tackles, but I think he's really good with angles uh, out there. I think he does a good job of uh, kind of throttling his speed a tad to, to, create those angles kind of, you know, cause that linebacker that's pursuing him just to pause for a second and then shoot up again up the field uh, can be a player that you can flex out of the backfield. He can turn a lot of dump offs into explosive plays. So <clears throat> I love Gibbs excuse me, we'll see if he falls to even close to the range for the Broncos. Not, not yet. Um, If he even falls close to the range for the Broncos, I think it's less likely by the day. Uh, But he is, I think one of the most ideal trade-up candidates for where the Broncos are at as a team and what Sean Payton wants to do. I mean, you saw him go out there and go crazy with the run game personnel, uh, fullback, tight ends, offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they don't have that guy out of the backfield who's an explosive wide receiver who can almost function, or explosive running back who can almost function as a wide receiver. Gives us the best one in this class.
2: Yeah. It says, uh, Bama access. You've been paying attention. Yeah. You've, you've been paying attention on this. So Nick, did you want to get into we're about 30 minutes here? Did
1: you want to get into more of your trade-up candidates and, or, um, mock draft? I want to do just a few more of the trade-up candidates. I'll keep rolling here real quick. Cause I wanted to list these four guys. The next one for me was Luke Musgrave. Uh, he's kind of not played a whole bunch at, um, Oregon state due to an injury, but he is probably the God. He really might be the highest upside tight end in this class, which is crazy to say. Um, but the combination of the size and the explosiveness and the fluidity out there, I know that you got some clips from him at senior bowl, but he looks like a man amongst boys um, out there at the senior bowl. Just, just how big he is and how fluid uh, knocking guys. Off. I mean, look how much he just creates space there. Uh, Sean Payton, uh, Mike close kind of didn't quote him exactly, but saying he's looking for more of a big mother trucker, out there that can play in line and block. Uh, I think Musgrave at his, what, 6'5", 255 pounds can get there. And he's also somebody who has enough speed to stretch the seam, which we've seen with uh, Sean Payton. He loves somebody who can play Y and then stretch the seam or play big slot and stretch the seam. Uh, you had uh, Ben Watson there for a number of years, who was really that kind of guy. They had uh, Jared Cook, who could be that kind of guy out there. And they had, of course, uh, Jimmy Graham. So you get somebody who can play in line and also stretch the seam at the same time. I think he would be an awesome fit uh, for the Broncos. And if he falls, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they made up a move for him. Again, switching the target distribution from less running back heavy to more tight end, less wide receiver heavy to more tight end and running back. Musgrave is one who could really round out that room. Uh, so he- I, intrigues- I love the
2: flexibility. Um, Look how low he is in his stance right here. You know, he's uh, he's right here on the right end. You know, he looks, he's tiny. He's six foot six, you know, and a guy like this, you know, you know, I always have my bias. Big receivers are a bias of mine because they're always open. You can, mm-hmm. you can just throw him open. Um, That's him and Mingo on the right side. How about some size there? You want to, you want to line up and try and hit those boys coming out? No, thank you. So I, I really like Luke Musgrave. Get him late second. He'd be worth a trade up for sure.
1: Yeah. And he's one that, uh, yeah, I think he his GPS speed at the Senior Bowl would have had him as the fourth fastest wide receiver out there, and he's six foot six, two hundred fifty five pounds. What? <laughs> that was pretty yeah, damn he'll incredible. He'll
2: be he'll be two seventy five by the time all's said and done. Once he he gets his when he's a
1: twenty eight year old grown man, he'll be two hundred seventy five pounds. Yeah, so really interesting player there. On uh, the next one I mentioned was probably my favorite trade up candidate, and like I mentioned Must uh, Gibbs as the best probably fit for what we're looking for here. But my favorite trade-up candidate in this entire draft is Steve Avila. I think he's going to end up going back into the first round. There's been a lot of cowboy smoke there, but I adore Steve Avila. Um, a lot of people are pegging him as a guard, but he played more s- games at center than guard. And he's actually one of the few guys who has the the mass and the ass kicking up front that I'm looking for for guard. I mean, he's 6'3", 320 pounds. Didn't test exceptionally well, but that's okay for an interior offensive lineman. He's got great with his hands. He's got a great anchor. He moves well enough. I think he's skiing, uh independent. Um, He can play in any scheme and I would just want to go back to the Alabama uh, TCU game where, or excuse me, Georgia TCU game where Georgia is beating the brakes off of TCU in the fourth quarter and Steve Avila is still out there burying guys. I mean, there's no chance and he's out there. It'd be easy to give up. No, he's looking to to still kill guys out there. So I love Steve Avila. There,
2: there's a phrase I've used before that it was taught to me, but <clears throat> about trusting your speed, you know, you, fast guys don't cut back. They the fast guys pin their ears back and they outrun angles. This is a guy who trusts his strength. He plays so calm out yeah. there. He's like, you know what? I'm good. It's just everything he does. is just easy. You know, the more you watch him, the more you like him. Because once he's locked up, there's there's no panic in him. He's not worried about getting pushed back. He's like, I trust my strength and my base and my speed to handle this. He's really good. He is, he is really good. And he, and he did play a lot of guard. I didn't know much about center, but the fact that he can play center too, you're worried about getting bullied in the trenches. Everybody, you know, take a drink. Scott said bullied in the trenches for the Denver Broncos and it's done. <laughs> you know, It's over. Forget it. You're not moving this guy back.
1: I mean, um, getting Ben powers, him and, him and Ben powers there
2: day. with Quinn miners.
1: Talk about flipping the script. My goodness. Yes, please. That would be very Bill Parcells esque. I mean, you went from you know put barely pushing 300 pounds all those guys to now you're averaging you know 330 pounds across the middle there. So I would be, and I know there's a lot of talk about John Michael Schmitz and Titman. I like Steve Avila significantly more than both those guys. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's some talk that Steve Avila, if he takes Skaronski out, uh, would be a, team's number one interior offensive lineman in this class. It's him or Osiris Torrance. So we'll see if he falls. If he falls to like 40, I might be on the phone, which is crazy to say. Uh, next one on my list here was, okay, so I, I have listed three already. My last one was somebody we took in the mock draft simulator who I don't think will be there, but maybe have a slight trade up if, if he falls. Somebody I adore, Keanu Benton. Uh, six foot three, 315 pounds, long arms, can play over the A gap, can play over the B gap. Listen, guys, I, the Broncos don't have a lot of plus players on the interior defensive line right now, especially in that A gap and the B gap. It's DJ Jones and then scratch your head. Uh, I know Mike Purcell, Mike Purcell was okay last season, but he's older maybe somebody you can move on from he's hasn't been great there uh we don't know anything about Owuzarike and Matt Henningsen uh Benton was one of my favorite players in the entire Big 10 the last two seasons they mainly lined him up at a nose tackle and made him two gap and play almost head up like zero technique over the center a lot but i think he's got a lot of upside where he's going to be unlocked uh with scheme with a pass rush upside because in at a uh, wisconsin they did a lot of slanting fronts up uh with their defensive front seven and they really wanted to free up their linebackers and their edge rushers to get after the quarterback which meant dane uh excuse me keanu benton had to do a lot of dirty work i think he has a lot more potential than he showed because of the assignments that wisconsin uh played him with so got a strong player get after the quarterback uh plays he has to work a little bit with his leverage uh can sometimes pop out of of his stance too quickly but i think there's a lot uh, potential here and Broncos have spent a lot of resources to get bigger and stronger on the offensive line. Maybe they use the draft to start doing that on the defensive line.
2: Uses his hands really well. And you're right. You see him. He comes up a little quick, but those are also in pass rush situations as we're watching this uh, when he anchors, you know, holds his line there, does a good job and then has some quickness and some, some effort in him where he wants to get back. Here he is going against Olu Olu. He uses his hands as well as anybody in this draft on the inside. Um, you see the bench press. pretty advanced, <laughs> pretty advanced at this level. Um, I had Keanu Benton did a mock draft at Keanu Benton. And all of a sudden I got some troll on me about, Oh, in the third, I'm like, wait, it gets better in the second. I'm like, dude, Daniel Jeremiah has got him going in the first. What are you, what are you talking about? That this is a stretch that he's going in the second or the third. He yeah, Jeremiah's got Keanu Benton. Uh, I saw you just pop your eyebrows out. So that may have been news to you. He's got Benton going to the Bengals
1: at 28. <laughs> Well, this is probably, like I was saying, I, I thought he was the least likely uh, to be taken in the first round out of all the guys that I just mentioned in this trade-up article. But, heck, watch all four of them get uh, picked today. So there's your scouting report. If you guys are curious about any of those picks today, just play these back. But um, if any of these guys fall within range to the Broncos, I am I'm at least listening uh, about uh, moving up a little bit for those guys. So uh, let's get to it. We're going to do a couple mock draft simulators here. We can do a Broncos one real quick. It's not going to take us long um, to do the Broncos. We got some ideas here. Um we did one the other day where we took Sam Laporta. And I can't even remember who else we took there, Scott. Uh, we've the done Broncos. so many of them. They, we've taken everybody at this point. Remember I, we, th-
2: I took him in my mock. Yeah, which one of the 80 you did?
1: Dum-dum. I think next year we need to be a little better with others. I know we're very comfortable with the PFF one. But just because the boards are so different, we tend to get trapped with the same players being available that yeah. uh, maybe go with something a little the other different. The
2: ones I've tried, this is, this is the best the best. Simulator, like mm-hmm. the back end. As far as the data going in, I don't know. But as far as the process, yeah. They 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 do the best job.
1: Yeah, I did a one with Eric was really trying to convince me to use the draft network for our mock draft simulator. I'm like, let me mess with it once. And I walked out with Mozzie Smith, um, who a lot of people think is gonna go in the top forty, uh, DJ Turner, who a lot of people think is gonna go the top fifty. Um, then I went Jack Campbell in the fourth round. Uh, I went Devon A chain in the fifth round, and then I went, I think it was uh God, somebody else ridiculous in the sixth. It might have been, I don't even remember, somebody unbelievable that's like, there's no way in hell this guy is here. So the, I bet this one was a little bit rough. Uh, we didn't take and, Laporta and. Again, Clark. they do,
2: they mix in the public board, which yes. is to me, the public is looking at everybody. Yep. And they're, what a 24 what 7, a the composite. So the public yes. is a better composite board. So you don't necessarily get the outliers of, um, you know, PFF has Tyree Wilson, like 22nd. Well, that's by 10 points, 10, 10 spots worse than anybody else. Yep. Um, but we can do Broncos real quick. Care for positional value is up. Draft for needs is up. Randomness is up a little bit. And we lean on the public board because like I said, it's more of a consensus.
1: Yeah. Are uh, you ready to do this thing? Let's turn on randomness. Just one more, just for fun. Because it's going to be random tonight. I'm, I'm into it. There we go. That's one more would be too much. That's a good spot. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Here we go.
2: Enter the draft. Uh, This will be starting at 8 o'clock tonight. Like I said, Nick and I will be on my channel, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Mountain for the top 10 of the draft. Please join us. We'd love to see you. If only it was
1: this fast to get to the Broncos pick on tonight. Interesting. Jatavius Martin goes uh, one pick before we're on the clock in the Falcons one and then this one as well. So uh, that's uh, somebody that I took to the Broncos with the third round. Who I haven't heard many people mocking to Denver, but I think he'd be an awesome pick. There's Keanu Benton. Um, again, I mentioned how much I love him. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, I have no issue. Broncos looking to get bigger up front. They don't have good depth on the defensive line right now. The thing about defensive line is there's like a certain level of athleticism and body types that you just need to have. And I don't know if the Broncos have that right now. I'm um, the off the bus kind of guy. So, I think we should go with Benton here again, uh, just because we talked about him so much. He I took him to at forty-two
2: much- last night in a mock. I did.
1: He's good. Yep, he's great. So, yeah,
2: uh, and there's some there's some pretty good players in there. Jate Martin, DJ Turner, Cedric Tillman, <clears throat> Joe Tippman slides to sixty-one. Matthew These Bird are Jordan. all trade-up candidates. the Avila. Avila falls to fifty-eight. If Avila was there, I'm moving up. I'm not. There's kidding. the positional value that has been kicked up a notch because he's yeah. a guard um so we can get dl i bet you there's some corners in there that would be gone too so you look at running backs tight ends, centers they fall when we turn up positional value
1: yeah um, but dl cano Benton, yes please cano benton's good here and then the next guy i would take i think i'm gonna lean into the defense here and uh say tyreek stevenson um we haven't taken him i think even one time in these mocks but i think it was jordan reeds a seven round mock he had the broncos going with him uh stevenson's a really good man cornerback and i think He stood out at Miami. Um, I think he's a little bit a safer prospect than Darius Rush, more physical than Darius Rush as well. Uh, And I think a lot of people have Tyreek Stevenson going in the top 50. So here, that's a good spot for me. Um, I feel like the cornerbacks kind of fly off the board uh, between this spot and the next spot as well. I can probably find a running back uh, offensive lineman with that next spot. So finding a defensive lineman and a cornerback here, I'm fine with it.
2: I would want to be absolutely positive that I did not want Luke Weipler knowing how bad I needed a center. I would have to be, I would do, have done my due diligence and said, no, this, this isn't an upgrade because if it is, this is where I'm going. Cause I need a center.
1: If it's not, then Hey, I'm not wasting the pick. There's also some talk about a chain uh, for the Broncos here as well. But uh, Tyreek Stevenson stands out to me uh, for them here. I think he's a really good spot. We got Corey Trice here. Um, we already went cornerback though. Um, Oh God, I think, let's go Nick Saldaveri here. I think we've taken him a bit, but he's a tackle prospect, could play guard as well, maybe even center. Um, he's, I know a lot of people who know more about offensive line than me love Nick Saldaveri. Um, think he could be a top, you know, 70 pick. So to get him here at 108 is it maybe a little bit of a steal. Um, somebody who stands out for me. And why no Wipler? I think Wipler is a little bit better in a outside zone scheme where you're asking him to peel off to the next level. Um, so he's the one who stands out to me. Um, I'm between three players here, Scott. I'm going to give it to you. Nick Saldaveri stands out for me. Tank Bigsby stands out for me. And uh, also Roshan Johnson, who I always want to take in the fourth round. I haven't taken him a single time yet, um, but I am a yeah, big I don't, fan. Of- I don't, I'd rather
2: go a position over a running back right now, knowing I can get running backs. I've got one plus for sure, if mm-hmm. I'm sitting there with uh, Pirine and then maybe what comes what comes back with Javante, that
1: I need a third guy and I can I can get a third guy later. See, I'm curious if they're looking for a third guy or a potential one guy, even. So, uh, I, well, I think if, if they're looking for a one guy, they should have already taken him. I just think there's such a gap between Gibbs and uh, Bijan compared to the next wave. I think the next wave you take them would be this spot right here in the fourth round, unless you and trade I, down. I don't, I don't see
2: this guy, I don't see a, a running back here as
1: being a one. That, that's kind of my point. Yeah. Yeah. So. I could see a 1B, um, but uh, with Roshan Johnson or Tank Bigsby, but Nick Salivary continue to get I mean, good on the Falcons took Roshon. Yep. Uh, I mean Corey Trice is just too good here to to pass up. I have no issue. I'm going that way again. Two cornerbacks. I don't care. Um, you need defensive back. Dorian Williams really stands out for me here as well. I like. how we lot. almost
2: took Corey Trice at 70, 75. to get him at one thirty nine. Yeah, we'll do that.
1: Yep. So I have no issue with that, and he's also somebody who can play safety. Um, so we're looking for that as well. And then, oh, here's your running back, Israel Abanaconda. Um, that's six round. That's more than fine. So let's, uh, let's take him not even think about it. I don't know what somebody, I think it was Eric said he tested like a freak. I didn't see, I looked at the numbers again. I'm like, that's not freakish testing for the running back, but yeah, he did it. Did he do, um, here, let me look up combine
2: results. Did he do a pro day? Maybe I didn't remember his numbers being off the charts for, uh Combine running back pit. Yeah, he didn't he, he didn't test at the combine. Well, maybe that's
1: why I'm looking yeah, at the He didn't test score. at the combine, but he, he good size coming at 511 220 Yeah, that's solid. Um, his unofficial times 439.40, which is good. Um, pretty good. Yeah, he actually did test pretty well with the uh unofficial ones because of the pro day. So right grain of salt, of course. Um, but but six round, God bless, we'll take it. So there you go. You got DL. We doubled up on corners. We've talked about corner being
2: maybe the position that's the shallowest right now. And you got two of them, two of them that can
1: play. Um, and then a running back, A+. plus. Yeah, this is a, uh, I think this is about as good as you could possibly hope. I know that Jeremy really wanted a center here, um, but the board didn't uh, fall that way, unfortunately. Maybe in reality, I think that Corey Trice is going to, Corey Trice falling on the fifth is silly, um, stuff so maybe there you're talking about a Ricky Stromberg or a Alex Forsyth if you are totally um, wanting a center the thing about the centers for me is that a lot of guys who you're drafting as centers uh, at the from the straight from the college level are centers because they're so small and if I'm talking about fifth sixth round I need my bleeping offensive lineman to be versatile to be able to play multiple spots so it's kind of you're in a weird spot there with the centers, um, mid to late day three, but
2: well, another part of it is, is they weren't the best offensive linemen in high school or college. That's why they're at centers. Yeah, the, the best offensive linemen are tackles. Yeah, um, you get moved to center because you couldn't play tackle. It's just yeah. kind of the way it is. And then every one, once in a while, one of those guys takes to the position like a duck to water. His body type, his size, um, may have limited him from being a tackle as he was coming up. And as he moved up, you know, you might be a 6'3 tackle in high school and then you move inside in college. Um, but, you know, that's a big reason why. So said mm-hmm. it a zillion times. 6'3", 300 guys grow on trees. As yep. strange as that sounds to say, I know. But it does in this world. Finding one that can have the strength of a 350-pounder and the movement of a linebacker is a little tougher. That's a little tougher to find.
1: But this is about as good of a draft as you could hope for for the Broncos. In all reality, we'll see if any of these guys fall to these ranges. Um, Chris loves the one. Jeremy Sean's a big Luke Weipler believer. Weipler's fine. Um, I think he's, I think, 67, 68 is a little early for me. I think he's more of an 80 to 90 kind of range guy. But uh, if you love him, then I get it. Uh, in this draft, though, the way it fell in reality, um, Steve Avila falls to, what was it, pick 59? <laughs> Buddy, I'm moving Centers are up.
2: guards with good grades. Yeah. Brad says centers are cerebral guys.
1: Centers are guards with good grades. Yep, maybe a little bit uh, better work ethic too. You got (laughs) to figure out the coverages and stuff. But yeah, no doubt. Um, If this, if again, if the draft fell this way, I'm probably moving up for Steve Avila. In reality, but this is about. I'll say this one for you if you want to use it. Sure. For anything. And I would like to do a first round pick with the uh, the Chargers, Chiefs, and. Raiders, um, Ernie Mays, God, please cover your eyes. I'm sorry. I apologize to you, buddy. Broncos only, but this pertains to the Broncos because they're our rivals. Um, so uh, we'll so keep it are we going picking? here. where we picking? I've got Raiders. Seven. You got uh, pick uh, 21. And then you got pick uh, 31. Chiefs. And you can just one round. We're Just, just doing one round? Today. Just one round. We're just doing okay. for today. It's about today. All right. So- I'll leave the Broncos on there as a tease. Doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> uh, no picks today. Let's trade up. Let's go get Steve Avila. Um, so we're going to be picking here for the the Raiders. Raiders are absolutely horrible uh, <laughs> roster wise. I think they just one of the worst rosters in the NFL. This is a team that needs def- uh, defense horribly. What they really need is cornerback. Um, I am not sure if they would take Jalen Carter here, uh, given what's gone on with uh, Henry Ruggs. Um, I'm not sure if they'll go quarterback either here. I think the one that stands out here for me is Christian Gonzalez. Um, I think he's the best s- cornerback in the draft. Um, again, with the Henry Ruggs thing, with the racing and the DUI and the lady and her dog, the fatality, um, with that Henry Ruggs thing, it's maybe a little bit too, a little too fresh, huh? Yeah, And also getting Jalen, Jalen Carter out there in Vegas with a team that's really lacking a lot of veteran leadership. I just, it seems like a scary situation. Josh McDaniels, too, I just, if he I goes agree. there, I, that's I not a
2: that's not a situation. If I'm Mister Jalen Carter or his agent, I don't want him when I don't want him and
1: with the Raiders. Yeah, it just does not seem like a great fit uh, for I'd me. i like so him I've- in
2: like Green Bay. I want you somewhere
1: boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm leaning Christian Gonzalez here for them. They have horrible boundary cornerbacks. I just want to get into the Raiders' depth chart here real quick. I know we're running long today, but it's the day of the draft, right? So uh, the Raiders. Cornerback depth on the boundary. They have Nate Hobbs at slot, who is fine. Um, I think he's a little bit overrated, but good. But their boundary cornerbacks right now: uh, David Long Jr., and em- Mike Robertson, Duke Shelley, Brandon Facion. I mean, th- this is one of the worst cornerback rooms in the entire NFL. Uh, so I think they they they're a position, and maybe feel bad for you, Scott, because I know you are hoping for cornerbacks to fall as well. But it seems like the Raiders almost might be. We have to take cornerback here. Uh, so there's, no, that's okay. There's, I,
2: I, I would be happy talking about the support system in Atlanta would be a better situation for Jalen Carter. Now you talk about getting out and getting a fresh start, but Atlanta's got all, their interior line. Now is Grady Jarrett, you know, a man of the year candidate, Calais Campbell, nobody speaks anything but positive about him, David on mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you've got some young guys there too, that, you know, so he's not feeling like completely left out. It's like, Hey, I want to, you guys want to go get some dinner and uh, no, I got to go home to my kids, you know, where you're feeling like the outcast either. So, yeah. um, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think Carter to Atlanta might be the best place for him, at least on the surface. Yeah. Um, but you're we'll Tyree see. Wilson there too. Yeah. Um, and I, I could take Tyree Wilson again. This is, this is a good situation for the bottom 10 when Bryce Young, Will Levis and CJ Stroud go three of the
1: top four. Now Anthony Richardson goes to the Patriots. Very interesting. That would be interesting, uh, without a doubt. So we're on the board now with the Chargers. Uh, Chargers could go with B. John Robinson here. He does stand out for me. of Trying to really maximize the uh, the window of you have with Justin Herbert. I mean, that's a team who is a win now situation. So I I think we mocked when we did a full round uh, first round mock a week ago. Scott, did we mock Bijan Robinson uh, to the to the Chargers? I don't think so. I don't remember for sure. Okay, I thought we did. Um, the other positions here that really stand out for me, for the Chargers, uh, they have questions at right tackle. Trey Pipkins is gone. Maybe you take a Darnell, uh, Darnell Wright. Um, he stands Doesn't out for it me. it seems like the Chargers could always use help on the D-line? Defensive line as well as a spot. Uh, I don't know. I don't love Kuliaz. You can't see. The next one who stands out for me is Deontay Banks. Yep, so I'm between Darnell Wright, Bijan Robinson, and uh, uh, we just said Deontay Banks.
2: Yeah, I'd be okay with Deontay Banks here. Um, at least the rave, I'd be curious to see what the Ravens would do next. Uh, Kal- Kalaja Kansi has tested really well. Tiny. It took safety last year, and they might just, you know, it'd be a very Ravens thing for
1: them to take the best player in the draft. Pair Bijan with uh, Deon- with uh, Lamar would be fun. I'm going <laughs> to leave it up to you, Scott. I think any of the picks of Bijan, Deontay Banks, and Darnell Wright make a lot of sense. I think because of where the Chargers are at, I would... Th- probably push you a little bit more towards the offense because if you have a running back like herbert who's yet to get paid i would want to to make him happy and give him everything he possibly needs so i'd maybe lean a little bit more on the offense um but either of those picks would be good for me
2: yeah you watch them a lot more closely than i do um so that's fine i would uh, again how are you you gonna go
1: wrong here with Bijan robinson in the 20s in the 20s that's fine also you have austin eckler who's demanded a trade um as well so uh really be really interesting here. We're on the clock now with the Chiefs. Uh the Chiefs are trying to run power schemes kind of stuff here. You got Jameer Gibbs who'd be really interesting for them. Mozzie Smith would be interesting for them. Zay Daniel Flowers Jeremiah has Zay Flowers going eleven. Wow. I mean he's so small, but he'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, so was uh, Tyreek Hill. I don't Tyreek Hill was yoked I know, up, but
2: though. you're you're not really worried. They got Sky Moore last year. You know, did did, did they have a could they use another weapon, or do they need to start building, you know, rebuilding offensive line? They just spent a ton of money on Jawan Taylor, but you got your choice of some pretty good offensive linemen here. Um, you know, you could get your running back here too because they've got who do they who do they have the 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 one that sounds Eastern European? Um, Seventh rounder last a, year, Isaiah uh, Pacheco or
1: something. Pacheco. Yeah, here yeah, that guy. Sounds like a hockey player. Yeah, he'd be he'd be really uh-huh. interesting. I'm, I he's a good player. They're still looking for guys. Um, the ones who stand out here for me uh, for them at this spot. We mentioned a dar DeJuan Jones. Um, they are, have been a team that's really leaned hard into the uh, the offensive line. Anton Harrison makes a lot of sense as well. One of the younger players in the draft. Will McDonald makes a lot of sense. Felix Anduke Azuma uh, makes some sense. And Jameer Gibbs. I think where, where I'm leaning right now. I would probably go Anton Harrison. He's extremely young. I think he's got good grip strength. Um, they could this seems like a team that's Andy Reid has embraced the offensive line building around um and building around Patrick Mahomes versus the weaponry. I think they think they can scheme open weapons, but you can't scheme protection and big bodies up front. So I think best offensive lineman available here for me would be Anton Harrison.
2: I'd be real interested seeing Darnell Washington with uh with Patrick Mahomes. Um but yeah, offensive line. Again, they they spent a ton of money there. But that was left tackle. And then Andrew Wiley, I think, is, is who they're scheduled to have. Right tackle. He signed somewhere else finally. He signed with the commanders. Okay,
1: yeah. So building the trenches. The Chiefs' uh, current right tackle listed. So they they paid Dewan Jones, but he's supposed to play left tackle for them given what they paid him. Their current right tackle is oft-injured late third-round pick from TCU, Lucas Niang, who probably better as a what's the word I'm looking for, a swing tackle, uh, than a starter. So I think offensive line makes a lot of sense there. Their number one mocked player to the Chiefs so far uh, this season has been uh, Anton Harrison followed by Dewan Jones. So I think those are ones that make some sense.
2: Cody asks, welcome in, Cody, says,
1: what would a good trade
2: package be for the 68th pick if you were to trade down?
1: Well, you know me, Scott. I always like to get grab future draft capital, especially because the Broncos are looking, uh, potentially looking for a quarterback next year. Um, also they might be looking at edge rusher. They might be looking at offensive tackle, some premium positions that cost premium selections to get. So from 68 trading down, I'd be hoping for like pick, uh, 95, maybe 100, something like that. And then a 2024 second round pick, and maybe we can even send them a 2024 fifth with that as well. So you move down about 30 spots there, but you get a second round pick, a potential top 50 pick, uh, in 2024. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think this is going to be a great draft where you want to just totally have ten thousand day three picks. It just. Ugh, I don't think it's very good down there. Yeah, the sweet spot,
2: man, from forty to fifty five. There's like six or seven players. I'm like, oh, I want that guy. Oh, I want that guy. Oh, I want that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, se- the second round looks really, really good this year. To try and sneak up into the second round might be the way to go. Um, like twenty I asked, what- to sixty. Like, What's great, your prediction like, of Atlantis for the first round pick? the The player they've been linked to that I least want for the Atlanta Falcons is
1: running back Bijan Robinson. So it'll be running back Bijan Robinson. It might be. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all, though, if it's an offensive line. Isn't Terry Fontenot former offensive line? Arthur Smith, former offensive. Line? It's Arthur and, Smith was a, was a lineman. Okay, seems so like I, a
2: walk on trenches guy. And you know they're they're building an identity for that team, which is power running. But you know who runs the ball? The running back.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I think Atlanta wants to trade down. Uh, that's it depends on how the board falls, but there's a lot of trade down talk. It was uh, a. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for them to trade down at eight,
2: move down four or five spots, and then, and then if you want to take Bijan Fine and get another second round pick and and grab ade, ade or you know Keanu Benton or um, Jonathan Mingo or yeah. two of
1: those guys. Tight end also would be interesting there for that. I mean, you could really stack some players there. Who is it? Josh Kendall. Is that the name? Um, You probably know him down there. Yeah, in I know him.
2: He's uh he's the athletic. He was former Columbus Dispatch and all kinds of different things. Gwinnett Daily
1: News. He's, yep. he's been around here for a, Athens Banner Herald. I think Josh has been around a long time. He did the mock draft for the top 10 for the athletic and the board fell, unfortunately for him. And he ended up going with Peter Skaronsky. But he I said did the that, same
2: thing. Yep. Yeah, we did. a We did a group. Uh, a podcast group, uh, Fans First Sports Network. If you noticed, uh, I'll, we can get into that later, but we did one too, and that's how the board fell to me, and I took Skronsky. I'm like, I can't trade down. Get a plug-and-play left guard. Maybe the best offensive lineman in the draft That's uh, who has
1: tackle potential down the road. It makes sense. Yep. But trade yeah. down, for God's sakes. Trade down. Well, he mentioned multiple times that Atlanta, if, if it plays out like this, where the cornerbacks and the three interior defensive linemen are gone, Atlanta wants to trade down, and that, to me, says B. John Robinson, uh, Facebook user coming in and saying, do you see Sutton get traded? We talked about it at the top of the show. I put it at 20%, 15, 20% chance that one of Sutton or Judy get traded. Uh, certainly the Broncos seem like they are still looking for avenues to add more picks. And the ones that we hear about mostly have been Sutton and Judy. I wouldn't be surprised at all. If you like you know, smaller level uh, trick players traded, maybe even some of the guys from last year's draft class at the top being floated around in some trade speculation as well. Uh, but could be possible. String guy asks again about Anthony Richardson's. You don't think
2: Atlanta would take Anthony Richardson as a developmental quarterback. It's possible, but I don't think so. Um, they're pretty happy right now, at least on the surface with, with going with Desmond Ritter, who is a four five guy running. He runs a lot better than you think good passer was two and two last year as a starter um, and improved every week that I think they're interested in building the team to make it as quarterback non-dependent on the quarterback as possible. I, I kind of call it the you know the San Francisco 49ers method. Let's build a team that's so strong that I can plug and play a quarterback into a system, and then I don't need a $50 million quarterback. Um, Anthony Richardson would be an intriguing pick, though, for sure. You could find ways to use a 6'5", 245-pound 4'4 guy who jumps through the roof. Now, I might want to light him up in the slot opposite Kyle Pitts and use him that way, but that's a, that's a different story. So I don't think so. Uh, the national media seems to just really despise desmond ritter so if if you're not paying attention to anybody local with the falcons they don't have a quarterback everybody local says hey they're gonna roll with ritter and we're okay with that
1: you know me i keep saying that if you have any questions at all about him and you like one of these guys then take the shot uh because if you don't have a quarterback you. Yeah, i are, just i don't like any huh? of those guys enough at eight to say yeah yeah that's uh, do that i'd yep.
2: rather go i'd rather go in a different direction
1: and if I was in charge, I'd probably be intrigued enough by Anthony Richardson to make the call there. But it would be with a lot more information than I have right now. Right. I would know everything about the dude, what makes him tick, his intelligence, his desire. I mean, you got to be like a, almost a psychopath level competitor to be a elite, great quarterback in the NFL. You know, one of my favorite stories, Broncos countries knows this, but John Elway used to have the uh, quarterbacks over to play pool at his house when he was the quarterback there. And he won every time. And one time he lost, you know what he did? He sold that pool table and got a new one because that one had the scourge (laughs) of losing to it. And that's just like, that's insane, but that's kind of, they have to be wired that way to be an elite quarterback, which is maybe unfortunate, maybe a little bit of a crazy folks, but uh, that's, that's kind of what you want for the quarterback. Daniel Swofford could Bowles or Hamler be ones traded this week, thin at offensive line, but a trade for Bowles, higher draft class, uh, draft capital. I think you're probably a year early on Bowles. There had been some talk about it, but I think the Broncos are going to roll with him at this point. Next season, though, very interesting um, to follow Garrett Bowles there. I think especially because the Broncos want to get bigger and stronger along the offensive line. Bowles is a little bit small uh, for that left tackle spot. I think he measured at the combine like 297. He's got adequate arm length, but he's more of a zone guy. I think they maybe want a little bit more mass there. Um, Daniel, this year you'd get about an 8 million savings. Maybe it's 10
2: uh, at left tackle if you were to move on from Bowles. Uh, to save a little more, uh, I, I just, I don't like the idea of splitting across two years. That's just, you know, you, you take your med. if you're going to do it, take your medicine, but then you're gonna have to pay a guy to, to, to play that position. So mm-hmm. your savings would your, your ten, eight to $10 million savings. Half of that would go to the guy that you need to replace him. And there's no guarantee that he's going to be any better. So what could you get for him in a, in a trade you know, the first round pick is going to be $5 million if you were had a first round pick, and then you would need somebody to play that position. So you're not really saving any money. So you got to ask, what would I get and would it be worth it? Or am I better off riding him out a year? And I think the answer is the same. And for me, that's the same with Sutton. I, you know, I've said it a zillion times. Financially, it doesn't make sense to move on from these guys just yet.
1: Yep. And Ethan closing us out here now that we're at over an hour, happy draft day. Enjoy. Great show everyone. And we'll see you tonight on Scott's channel for the first 10 picks. uh, When the, when the draft goes live today, happy first round. A lot of the speculation is going to come to an end. Uh, Make sure you, make sure you tune in tonight hang out with us. Also Scott and I are going to be live again tomorrow morning uh, over on the uh, Falcons channel as well, discuss the top 10 and just first round thoughts in general. So if you guys want to join us, if you better for you to join us in the morning to rather than live at the draft, we'll be doing that as well. So any final thoughts, any final uh, ads you want to get in <laughs> before we get out of here? Uh, no, if,
2: if, you, if for some reason you don't know where to find me, I just dropped a link in the chat. This is where you can find us tonight at 8 o'clock. And then um, the Mile High Huddle crew will also be here at 8 o'clock Eastern. That's when the draft starts. I would imagine the first pick uh, goes on the clock about 8, 10, 8, 15. Uh, But we'll be here all night. Mile High Huddle will be here for the entire draft live during
1: all seven rounds going to be great. Um, really fun. Excited to see it. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, tonight, but make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Uh, Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH also follow us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Click that bell icons. So that way you get the notification when we go live again. we're going live early and often these days. Uh, always a lot of fun. We got Michael coming in, closing us out with some stars here saying great show today. Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast, go Broncos and Buckham. You guys uh, big buck. You too, man, big stars from Michael that deserves an all caps buck you. So, uh, appreciate <laughs> that. Um, hope you're doing well, Michael excited to see and Peter. Yeah, coming in saying, Ooh, big stars. Love it. Um, so much. So thank you guys. We'll see you tonight. It's draft days officially here. Uh, it's a little less. I just, I guess have a little bit less nerves about it. Typically I like butterflies in my stomach this day, but the Broncos. No picks until 67, 68 currently. I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the process. So uh, yeah, I don't
2: we'll see particularly care. So <laughs> I'm
1: interested in the in the in the chaos. That's what's exciting yeah.
2: to me is is what everybody's gonna do again. I, I kind of root for the, the, the saying I root for the names on the back of the uniforms more than the names on the front of the uniforms. So we talk about these guys. I like this guy, I like this guy, I like this guy. I want them to do well. That's that's who I'm rooting for. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. A lot of fun. i um, excited to see what happens today, and uh, we'll see you guys tonight. But until then, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. As I always like to say, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.